This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. For the 2023-2024 season, the West Amway podcast is sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. Green King Sports venues are showing every televised West Ham fixture over the course of the season. So instead of turning to the internet for a dodgy stream, get your mates together and go down to your local Green King pub and get closer to the action. Green King Sport have just recently launched the Green King Sport Instagram page, which will be the home to fan content, deals and competitions throughout the season. Drop them a follow and you won't just be the first to know about all this, you'll be helping out the West Ham way. You're listening to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and XWH employee. This week we talk about another win, and a win that gives us our best start in the league for 24 years. We'll be talking about that game at Luton, our business in the transfer window, and the Europa League draw before getting news from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. So, X, firstly, I have to congratulate you on a fantastic transfer window, arguably your best ever, in my opinion. How do you rate the business we did? Uh, thank you. Yeah, I, I was actually pleased with it as well. I think it probably was my best window ever. I think the the myth that I'm losing sources and I don't have anymore, I hope that that's been crushed because actually, yeah. without meaning to go on about it, it's such a stupid thing to say. I've got much more sources now than I've ever had. So it's just stupid. Now. I, could, I honestly, uh, people might dislike what we do, might dislike me as a person, might hate my voice, whatever you want to throw at me. But to say I don't know things it's just I don't don't know how much more I can prove it with fixtures and kits and the players and everything like but anyway never mind not to dwell on it um out of out of 10 um I think I would give it an eight um it's been a solid window I mean if you actually think about it we actually didn't spend any money we actually gained money because if you add up the Declan Rice transfer the Scamaca transfer that's about a hundred and 35 million um, pretty much combined and that actually was less than what we sorry more than what we paid for all of our four transfer signings so yeah we're just coming away so it's an 8 out of 10 window so it's clever business I think it would have been even better if we'd added a striker it's that same age old age problem with West Ham that we Add well, we've recruited well. I think the four signings individually are brilliant. You know, each one of them I can sing praise for. I mean, obviously, Kudos and Mavropanos I've not really seen play yet, but the other two certainly have been brilliant since they've come in. Ward Prowse, I can't sing enough about, and Alvarez has looked really good as well. Um, and I'm sure the other two will too, but I just feel we just missed that striker. That we just missed that. You know, we've got Ings, we've got Mbaba, Bowen and Cornet can play there, but just to have that out-and-out striker that isn't a convert 
inverted winger or something like that would have been would have been the icing on the cake for me. A left back, if I'm being greedy, but then Cresswell has chosen to stay, and we have got Oliver Skulls. Cornet can play there as well. So the, it wasn't essential, essential, but I do think in order for it to have been a nine or a ten, we just needed another forward. But the four players we've brought in, I'm really, really happy with. Like James Ward Prowse got another assist against um, Luton, so that's four goal contributions, whether it be goals or assists, in. Um, in four games um, and uh, I think Alvarez has looked brilliant so yeah solid 8 out of 10 I would say do you know what mate if someone asked me the same question I asked you I'd give an identical answer I can't really even add to it and I think you're spot on when we say clever business because that's exactly what it was because let's not forget we're on the FFP watch list as well whatever the fuck that yeah. means so yeah. we can't go gun ho so to actually have brought in four players of, of that standard and like you I'm not an expert on Kudos and Mavropanos either um, it is, is, is fantastic. And I think we touched upon this last week. We might have lost Declan Rice, but I think we've improved as a squad, which is great when you look at the amount of games that we could be playing. So I, I totally agree. I think in an ideal world, it would be nice to have added a couple more, but we don't live in an ideal world. And I think actually you've got to be happy with that. You've got to be. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about Luton. I mean, I couldn't make it. Unfortunately, I was celebrating my 10 year wedding anniversary in Barcelona, but it was another win, a win that cements our best start to of a season in 24 years. What did you think of the performance and the result? Yeah, I loved it. I mean, I did get to go, and my gosh, it is a proper flashback to the to the nineties and stuff. I mean that, and in that stadium, I, I've got to say, it is terrible. You know, I, I've been to <laughs> I've been to Braintree Town, I've been to Kidderminster Harriers. Um, where else have we been recently? Um, a few. I've been to Cambridge, although that wasn't great to be fair. But I've been to quite a few Leighton Orient, quite a few not like lower league grounds, and that is right in there amongst some of the worst I've been to I mean I have been to it before I went when um, the, you know the FA Cup quarter final when Steve Potts trod on the board off it I went the year before that as well so I have been a couple of times so I knew what to expect has it Obviously, changed much X? no well, other than the one side which they developed and it's really strange because on one side there used to be boxes if you remember just boxes nothing else and they've got rid of they've <laughs> what, got rid of boxes yeah they got rid of that <laughs> and they've replaced it by about maybe five or six blocks of seats of which is a probably about 10 seats going one way and 10 seats going the other way. And that's, and that explains something to me because when I went to buy the tickets for Luton, I was obviously one of the first in the queue and I had, there was an option to buy them in another stand. And I thought, oh, I've never heard of that stand before. And by the time I'd looked off my app to buy the tickets, looked at what that stand was and Luton had gone back, they'd all sold out. And I can see why, because literally on the side of the pitch, there was literally about 50 seats. And then the, the rest were behind the goal and the stadium was terrible in the 90s but the difference is since then pretty much every club has upgraded their stadium or moved stadiums so back in the 90s it was more regular to find stadiums like that now since stadiums have improved it stands out so much I mean it is a, a terrible terrible ground but <laughs> but it was uh, in terms of the performance I thought it was a very very comfortable performance I thought the whole time we looked totally in control I don't even think we got into fifth gear um, uh, uh, throughout the game I felt that we were c- completely in control yes they scored at the end and there's the typical nervy last few minutes for for West Ham but on the on the balance of play I don't know what the possession statistics were but in terms of the actual 
feeling in control of the game. I thought we were totally in control, and it's a it's a great win, you know. Because yes, I think Luton are going to finish bottom of the league this year, but their first their first game back in the Premier League, or first game ever in the Premier League, should I say. Um, the atmosphere was quite intense. Their fans were up for it, and we rode that very well and came away again with the three points. So happy days. Yeah. I mean, I was gutted. I had a brilliant time in Barcelona, but I was gutted to miss Kenilworth Road. And what really made me laugh, and no doubt you was part of the crowd, was the video of the West Ham fans singing, we can see you in the bath. I thought that was yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. my yeah. West Ham taking the piss. And it is yeah. a real place. I'd love to have seen it. Um but, mate, I, I, again, I totally agree. I, I think to see West Ham dominate possession, and I think it was in the region of 69% as well. So to get that away from home is massive. And obviously, Luton are very direct. They, they had more shots, interestingly. Um, but we had the vast majority of possession, and we controlled the game. And do you know what? We've spoken a lot about the style of play with West Ham on this podcast. I don't mind the style of play, the counter-attacking style of play, where you're inviting pressure and you hit a team on the break when you're playing a top six side, for example. But outside of that, when you're playing your Lutons, your Bournemouths, etc., I I expect us to control possession, control the game, because we've got the players to do it and take the game to those teams. And again, you know, you you say we didn't get out of um, fourth gear, you know, it was just a, a, an overall complete performance, really, in terms of comfortability, if anything else. And it was lovely to see my two favourite players combine for the first goal. A great ball from Lucas, converted by Jared. And the second goal came from another assist from JWP. I mean, how nice is it, X, to be excited by set pieces again? Oh, it's really good, mate. And, and what is also important to note is that the opposition are very, very fearful about giving away free kicks on the edge of the box as well, which I think really helps us because they know that if they give away a foul, we've got his ability to, yeah. to get a good, good shot away. And and I think that's I think that's playing into the minds of the opposition because you know full well if you're the opposition manager or analysis or whatever, you are going to say to um, your defenders, try not to give away a foul on the edge of the box that's going to play into their mind and I think it's amazing to have him I I, I don't want to keep going on but I championed that we should make this signing last summer I, I, I still believe I cannot believe no other club went in for him I mean when I was driving back from Luton I was actually up in Nottingham randomly but um, as I was driving up there it's about the same distance from there to my house in um, in Essex it wouldn't have made too much difference but as I was driving back I was listening to Talk Sport just to see if there's any last minute chances coming through elsewhere and they had the Southampton I think the former chairman on I don't, I don't know what uh, what point he left being their chairman but he was obviously chairman for a large part of when James Ward-Prowse was there and he kept saying I cannot believe that any no other clubs went in for him like he was like he said he was a dream he was the model professional he's a very good player which people overlook he was captain he was loyal he was an England international he got assists scored free kicks scored penalties and um, and he was amazed that no one else went in for him So and he put it down and I think I've put it down on this podcast too that the fact that he's turning 29 this year so people just overlooked him because of his age but mm. you know what if you can get another three four years out of him creating and scoring as many as he already 
has four in four goal contributions, then you're going to be laughing. And I think, I think he's brilliant. Gerard Bowen, brilliant, you know, constantly getting on the score sheet at the moment. Um, he's a real threat and, you know, the opposition would be scared to have to go against him. Pakatai is, is such a, a workhorse for a creative player. I don't think I've ever remember a player that's so skillful and creative working so hard defensively. And do you know what? That was another massive part of the window, which possibly we should have said earlier it is that we kept hold of him. You know, I know mm. that that mm. was through kind of um, <laughs> not, the, not the most uh, clear cut of methods, but whatever the way it is, we, and hopefully he won't get a massive ban. Um, we've still got him, and I don't think Man City will come back for him now. Um, now they've signed Nunes and... and um, you know, there'll be another season gone by. I think we'll probably have him for another two years or so, two, three years, and that'll be at his peak. And I think he's a great player. And that, and when you look at it, when you look at our team now and you look from position to position, it's very, very strong to the point now that when, if you consider that Kudos will be 100% fit, Mavropanos will be 100% fit, Suchek will be available for selection because he, he obviously wasn't for Luton. It's actually quite hard to know what your, what, how, what your strongest level is because there's, there's quite a few options now. Yeah, there is. And it also gives versatility to how you want to approach certain games against certain teams as well, yeah. which is really good. Now, whether Moyes will do that, I don't know, but it does give him that option, which is really mm. good. Um, mm. Talking of Ball-Prowse, he was actually at one point at the centre of a little bit of controversy when there was a penalty shout. And I don't know if you've seen it, X, but if you have, was it a penalty in your opinion? Because this ongoing over-complicated handball rule just does my head in. It's to a point where I actually don't even know if I understand the handball rule anymore. But from your understanding, do you think it was? I haven't actually seen a replay, if I'm honest with you, and it was down the other end. So um, I couldn't claim to have seen it at the time from what I've read online. And the photos I've seen, it looks like a handball. But then I think you can stage anything to be either argument handball or non-handball unless you see it in real time but as you said this is a constant problem because there's just a lack of consistency and mm. the key thing about rules in whatever walk of life it is whether it be parenting your children or in, as a school teacher or as a policeman or as a, a manager in a business or a football manager or a referee you, you have to have consistency in the implication of the sorry the the, the yeah implications that I'm looking for the the use of rules you have to you have to have consistency because um, otherwise it breeds confusion it bre- it breeds the the feeling of unfairness and it, it breeds like a feeling of like it, like insecurity people not knowing what they're doing and already four games into the season there's consistently inconsistencies in that yeah. sense like you've got you've got offsides they seem to vary. You know, the one um, in the Man United-Arsenal game, that was, you know, in other games, I'm sure the Man United goal would have been given. Um, and in other games, that handball probably would have been given. Sometimes there'd have been fouls that would have been yellow cards that, that weren't yellow cards. When they're in the penalty box, there seems to be a difference between if the ball, <clears throat> if that foul happens outside the box, it's a yellow card. But if it happens inside the box, because it leads to a penalty, it's mm. not a yellow card. There's just way too many inconsistencies and I can't believe with the advancement of technology that there is now within football 
and the advancement of just technology in general and football in general that we still have the same problems that we were having when football was first invented and that's referees in, you know carrying out the rules um, consistently in each game that they work on yeah again mate I totally agree I, I don't know why they just can't fucking leave football alone it mm. does my head in and some of the stupid rules that they've, they've put into place I mean VAR you know my feelings on VAR I think it's it's massively killed football um, but goalkeepers as well goalkeepers you can't you can't come off your line when you're taking a penalty what a stupid rule that is for example mm. and and now you and that's, not, about... that's not implemented consistently either that one no it's not it's not absolutely it isn't same with encroachment in the box for players that are are, are running to get a rebound if the keeper saves it on the penalty. Now that's mm. up and down as well. Yeah. And I just think they, they've almost gone out their way to overcomplicate something that was perfect. Yes, I think goal line technology is brilliant. That's the only real sort of um, praise I can sing uh, uh, officiating and, and, and kind of rule changes in that respect. But it does my head in and it should be black and white and it should be consistent. And if we're talking black and white, which would be a case of if the ball hits your arm in the box, it's a penalty, then it's a penalty because I have seen it. Um, but I, I'm, I'm assuming it wasn't a penalty and I'm just trying to put my, my mind into the mind of the referee because I think as the ball's come over, he, he was a bit obstructed by Aguerd visually uh, and his arm, in my opinion, wasn't in an unnatural position. So that's why I don't think it was given. And luckily enough for us, it weren't because we deserved the win and that's what we come away with. Um, the Patreons gave the man a match ball to Kurt Zuma. Do you agree with that? Um, yeah, probably. Uh, I think for me, I thought Alvarez slightly edged, edged it personally, but, um, you know, Zuma got a goal. He was the captain. The defense played well. So I can see, I can see why he got that. I just thought Alvarez made a number of crucial interceptions and tackles in that game and brought the ball out of the fence really, really well and started attack. So personally, I think I voted for Alvarez, but, um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with anyone that thought it was Zuma. Yeah, for me, Alvarez, um, he, he nicked it as well for me. I thought he was fantastic. And I'm so excited by him because I know it's early days. But what do you think of him? Because I think he's got all the minerals to be a real fan's favourite. I mean, I remember at one point there was that tackle in the box. Mm. And I was like, fucking have that. Like, I love that. And he's just your gritty little bulldog in the middle of that midfield and it gets stuck in and he's hungry. And I think a player recently said that he's exactly the same in training. He just wants yeah. to win. He's got a winner's mentality. And how many times in this podcast have we, we expressed the importance of a winning mentality? And he's got that, that bit between his teeth. And that's something I think West Ham fans will absolutely love. So, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself and, and I want to give him time to adjust to the country and the Premier League. But I'm going to call it now. I think he could potentially, potentially be a contender for Hammer of the Year at the end of the season. Mm. That's my shout yeah, no, I think you, I think that's right. And uh, what I like about him, like you said, he gets stuck in, he makes challenges, he, he's strong, you know, he's big, he's six foot three, um, he protects the, the bat line well, he's got good distribution, he gets it out to the more creative players quickly, he's got a good engine, gets up and down the field really well. Um, I think he times his tackles brilliantly. A couple of times he's turned into day, he's got out of it, so I can't really criticize, but a couple of times I think he's turned into danger a couple of times and I thought oh you're lucky there but maybe it's not luck maybe it's just that good he can do that so there's a slight worry on me that he might give the ball away or give a penalty away 
occasionally. But aside from that, I think he, I think he's a, a great signing, and you know he's got all the attributes for that role, that defensive midfield role, to be really, really, really good. And I know that. When he was first, you know, watched by West Ham scouts, you know, they went out and watched him in April time. They were really, really impressed with him. They were really impressed. They said, I mean, no one would go as far as to say, you know, he's as good as Declan or better than Declan because you wouldn't say that. But they said, if you need to replace Declan, this is the person to replace him with. And so far, it looks like he's showing that. And as you say, there's something about his mentality. He's like got that, that grit. And that and that uh, that um, spiciness to him that makes him seem like he has that um, win at all cost mentality, and that is exactly what we need. He's also, you know, good mates with Kudos, so that will help him. St- both of them settle at the club. Mm-hmm. You know, Spanish Spanish speaking. There's a couple of players in and around the squad that are Spanish speaking as well, though he's English. From what I've heard, seems perfect. So not that that would matter too much. But I think I think he, he will be someone that will be a great player for us and like you say when you're looking it's a very early days to make this um to make this call but you can imagine him being in contention for hammer of the year same as james ward prowse you can imagine that with him as well so to mm. have two, two new signings already showing their value so quickly is really good yeah picture the scene all of your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go partner this with your team playing champagne football perfect order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app there's nothing quite like a mcdelivery at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com i mean you mentioned kudos there i mean i'm so excited to see him play for west ham so excited so much fuss has been made about him and again i can't claim to be an expert on him um but he seems like a player, again, that can really excite the fans. But the question is, if he starts for West Ham, and sure as shit he will do because we paid decent money for him, where does he start? Where on the yeah. pitch does he play? This is the problem. This is well, not the problem. This is the great dilemma that the manager, the manager has. I mean, at the moment, if you if you're thinking about the league team as your best eleven, I think Ariola has earned the, the, to stay as number one at the moment. So you go Ariola. Shafal has been solid again. Um, Aguered, um, Zuma, and I think Emerson deserves a lot of credit. I thought he was our best player in the final mm. um, in Prague, and I thought towards the end of last season and this season. Emerson has been been really good. I didn't see why his goal was disallowed. I don't know if that no, was legit, legit or no, not. I, I thought that was bollocks myself. Was it? I haven't actually seen a well, replay, I, I think- but... I mean, I, I I I literally glossed over it, but I, I think I think they gave it as Antonio was offside. But again, you, you're talking a toe now for me. I, I didn't agree with that. I thought that was right. Yeah, so he's so essentially scored in that game and played brilliantly against. So I think Emerson's good, and this is where it gets tricky in midfield. So I think I think you have to have Alvarez as the defensive midfielder, and then I think you have to go Pakatar and Ward Prowse as the centre two, and then I think you have to have Bowen and Kudos on the right and the left, and then Antonio up front, which is really harsh because that means no place for Suchek. Although I think 
if you're if you're looking to bring, say you're chasing a lead or you want to get a goal back or, or even if you want to hold a lead, bring it being able to bring on Suchek in whatever way you bring him on, I think it will be a brilliant thing for us because of his height and his defensive capabilities and his ability to score when he's on form. So having him as an impact sub would actually be really good. It's harsh on Ben Rama because I think you know Ben Rama on his day can be brilliant. Um, so I think yeah, you, you don't play him. Uh, you could argue that Kerra at right back. You could argue Mavropanos. Obviously, what have we signed him for? If you're not going to play him, um, so but that's good for West Ham. It's good for West Ham to have those dilemmas and have that problem where you don't know what your best eleven is because in the past we've known what our best eleven is, and then Antonio's done his hamstring, or you know mm. Zuma's done his knee, or Aguero's out for the start of the season. So at the moment we have a pretty much touch with a fully strength team to um, choose from now and um, and, that, and that can only be a good thing the yeah. subs bench subs bench has got to be the strongest subs bench when you mm. do your ultimate 11 that we've ever had Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, who would argue with it? How can you argue with it? Because I can't think of a better bit. Well, no. And our second eleven, if you was to do our second eleven, so you could call it maybe as Fabianski in goal, um, Kerra right back, Ogbonna, Mavropanos centre back, Cresswell left back, and you could have like maybe I don't know, Connor Coventry defensive midfielder, Suchek, Fornells, um, Ben Rama, Corne. I don't know if I've missed someone. Ings up front, say, or Mabama up front. That's not a bad second eleven. That second eleven is better than the team that we had at the start when we moved to the London Stadium. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, and the good thing about having a, a heavier squad, which is something we haven't always been blessed with, is that it finally creates healthy competition. You know, players are going to train harder every day because they want, game time and they won't get it unless they perform in training and show the right level, level of attitude. I think in the past we've been guilty of having players that are are there for a pay packet or they're there because they know that their place is guaranteed. Whereas now for the first time in quite a long time, no one's place is guaranteed as such. Mm. Or if they are, there's not many of them, you know, and no. I think that's really healthy for any and I think the, the fixtures coming up, obviously we've got this break now, but the fixtures coming up, it's a bit of a shame. We had a break now, really, because obviously we're in momentum at the moment, but we've got, um, obviously got Man, uh, yeah, Man City at home and then Liverpool away. And I think, isn't it? Uh, or is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's Man City at home, Liverpool away and then Sheffield United at home. So the Man City and the Liverpool game will be a real indication of where we are actually at now because, yeah. you know, Chelsea have started the season poorly. We beat them. Luton are going to go down. But, um, Bournemouth, first game of the season is hard to judge. You know, Brighton, yes, that was a really good result. But if this Liverpool and this Man City game are going to be interested to see and thank Thankfully, we have Sheffield United quite soon after, who are at home, I think, will beat so we can reset ourselves again. If we do lose to Liverpool and Man City, but I've got a funny feeling we won't lose both of those games. I don't know which one we'll get something out of, but I don't think we'll lose both. And um, that's going to be great for us. If we can just get a point out of those two games, it'll be good. I mean, if we don't win the league this season, has Moisey got to go? 
I think so, yeah. I mean, it's his style of football, mainly. <laughs> what is it with you? You're so fickle. <laughs> I just think it's so funny. Like, like the game on, um, the game on uh, against Luton, the, the whole, you know, we've got Super David Moyes. Oh, really? was out. And I just, I just thought to myself, how many of you are singing this? <laughs> like, literally, two months ago, we're like, oh, that wanker, he's got to go, blah, 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 blah. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a fickle business, football. Look, like, you know, yeah, yeah. We all, we, we're all guilty of it, whether it's our opinions on players or, mm. or or the manager or whatever it may be but I do think always in football there and Martin Allen alludes to this as well and I agree with him there is too much quickness to blame the manager in situations when it's obvious then yes but sometimes I think you know circumstances aren't considered and you know if we continue the way we are I think we're going to have a very, very good season. Like he, 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 you can't have asked about, obviously, getting four out. Wins out of four would have been ideal, but that's not possible for West Ham. We just don't do that. So the start of the season that we've had is what is, is it a bit of a great start, and then we just need to kick on and um, hopefully maintain this for the rest of the season. Well, especially as three of the four games have been away from home. You know, and they say it's our best start in the league for 24 years. I mean, what a way to start. You've got Brighton away. That's a tough game. Chelsea, I'm okay. I know they're in a bit of a transitional period. Some West Ham fans fancied that before the game. Still a tough game. Bournemouth Mm. away. Um, You know, any point away from home is a good point. Luton, I mean, to, to, to finish up on the Luton discussion, it's their first ever game in the Premier League. It's their first home game of the season. So to go there in tough circumstances, really and dominate possession, score two goals away from home, and pick up three points again. I think it's been a phenomenal start to the season. Oh, I'm definitely. Really and, 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 and it just generates excitement, doesn't it? Which is nice. Yeah. And the league table, you know, the league table obviously shows where we're sitting in the league table, and, and we're sitting fourth. But it shows that it doesn't show that three of those four games have been away from home. Mm, you know, yeah. like you know, it's usually two and two. You're usually pretty much, mm. when you've got an even amount of games played, you've usually bar the odd time in the season had an even amount of home and away games that's how they designed the the fixture calendar but obviously we've had three away and and one at home and then you know it will be Liverpool and uh, Man City to come into the mix uh, in the next game so that is going to be a real indication but what what it what a start because you know as West Ham fans like the, we're used to particularly the older the West Ham fans are used to relegation battles and looking at when you're going to get to that magical 40 points right yeah mm, so that you yeah. stay in the Premier League already we've got 10 points and if you look at the relegation zone Everton are 18th they've got 1 point Luton and Burnley are 19th and 20 with 0 points so we're already 10 points above our relegation um, uh, rivals so to yeah. speak so so it's quite you know to be in that position already is amazing you know we're six points ahead of um, or seven points ahead of Chelsea six sorry six points ahead of Chelsea seven points ahead of Newcastle four points ahead of Man United you know and if you would have said that at the, the start of the season the first four games that would be happening then you know you wouldn't probably have believed it so yeah, it's a great start we're just going to keep this momentum going and and I think we can I really think we can I think another interesting thing that Moyes has done which perhaps has been overlooked and almost been used against him but I actually think it's a good thing 
uh, when you look at the backroom staff, last year you had Nevin and you had um, Warburton. Warburton was a former manager. You know, he'd managed Rangers of all clubs, so he'd managed big teams. Um, he was brought in because, of a, you know, he, he tried to deny it in an interview he did with Gio, and it was a great interview, and Gio asked some great questions. But I could tell from, he wasn't telling the truth. So some of those answers, you can just, A, from what I know, and B, just looking at his body language and his answers, he was given the job because of the foul take over of Birmingham and it was promised to him and he, and he took it like that Moyes didn't want him it can't be great to have another guy that fancies himself as a manager sort of going around your backroom staff thinking no. he just as, you know what to do Nevin was working for England so maybe and I don't know Nevin so maybe I'm being harsh here but maybe he felt that he was he knew better he was an England coach he was this up and coming talented guy that everyone talks about being amazing you know Moyes got rid of them or didn't get rid of them they left those two and he's brought in a guy called um, Henry Newman that's very like you know he's known over a few years at West Ham but hasn't got a huge you know CV of coaching although he's meant to be very good and then he's brought in uh, Mark Robson from the from the academy who he's worked with for the last two three years so he's brought in characters that are now working more probably in line with him than against him and I reckon that is a factor in this as well mm. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. I mean, I've got to go back to when things were difficult for David Moyes. There was a member of staff that kind of confirmed, if you like, or at least alluded to the fact that things weren't great with David Moyes uh, in terms of the working environment. But then you don't know the stresses and strains and the circumstances that come with that. Um, and, you know, it's also it's also very rare, I think, for a manager to pull it round when you're under that much uh, strain and pressure. And I think the 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 uh, Conference League win massively helped him in that respect. I think he kept his job because of it. And to, to be fair to him, and obviously I'm the first one that called him out last season, you know, if we carry on the way we're going and we keep winning games, even with a low possession percentage, then good luck to him because all we want and all we care about is the win. And we've got three out of four and we're undefeated so far this season. So good luck to him. Good luck to him. And whatever he's comfortable with, that obviously makes a big difference as well in terms of who you're working with on a daily basis, you know, so credit to him. Um, Last week also saw the Europa League draw. What are your thoughts on our opponents, which for the record are Olympiakos, Freiburg, and I think I'm going to pronounce this right, back at a plower, uh, which I'm convinced you. I haven't. Is that right? Bless you. But yeah. <laughs> Easy for you to say. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about that? Because I've got to be honest with you, I think Serbia is going to be a bit naughty. It's not exactly on my bucket list. I think that's uh, that's going to be an interesting away day. And we were texting each other, weren't we, when the draw was being announced? Because at, at that time, we didn't know what fixture was going to be first. And of course, West Ham fans are banned from the first game. And we were buzzing about the potential of going to Greece. And then we're like, fucking, you know, as you like, I bet they're going to make Greece the first game that we can't go to. But as it happens, it's Germany. So we are going to Greece. How do you feel about the draw? In my opinion, it couldn't really have got much better than the teams that we've drawn, in my opinion. Uh, at the end of the day, like, oh, Greece is apparently meant to be really bad at the moment for football violence. It's meant to be the worst one. So I think we might have uh, got that one wrong slightly and our, and our apprehension. So my main aim is to make it back alive from both Greece and Serbia. That's, that, that's my objective of this group. But um, yeah, I, I thought, you know, I didn't, 
didn't think I would be struggling in Andalect, but uh, that was a that was a challenge. So, well, mate, so but, but to be fair though, Serbia ain't going to be a walk in the park, is it? Let's be no, honest. So I mean, the, only thing, as well. the only thing I'm hoping with Serbia is that they're a small team, and I think there's only like 200 West Ham fans that are going to be able to get tickets. So I'm hoping they just feel a bit sorry for us and don't, and don't <laughs> yeah, beat they us probably up. Won't, mate. Probably <laughs> won't. <laughs> well, I'm not sure I can pass as a Serbian. I might be able to get away with passing as Greek if I um, put an accent yeah. on, but I'm um, Serbian. Yeah. I'm not sure, but. Um, yeah, no, I think in terms of the draw, it's not the easiest. Don't get me wrong, there was other teams I would have rather than some of those teams pulled out. I think Freiburg are are a good team. You know, they finished fourth or fifth, I think, in the Bundesliga. You know, you, you, you have to be strong to do that. You know, they actually finished above Frankfurt, I believe, and... Um, Oh, or certainly they've, they've given Frankfurt a run for their money and obviously Frankfurt knocked us out. So I don't think we should be too relaxed about Freiburg. Olympiakos, you know, one of the biggest Greek teams. You know, Greek teams are strong. You know, Olympiakos have played in the Champions League many times. So they are strong. The Serbian team, obviously, I'd like to think we'd be able to beat them home and away. But the key thing for us is to get good results at home to both the Greek team and the Serbian, uh, the German team. And I think, I think we'll be okay. I, I can't see us finishing less than second. Um, but it's not, it's certainly not as easy as our, our group last year in the conference league. And, and so it shouldn't be because it's a, yeah. it's a tournament above what we won last year. But I think we should still, particularly the way we're playing at the moment, have the quality to, um, to get out. Yeah, I mean, we're in a better competition. And I think it could it could have been a lot worse, I think. I mean, don't get me wrong, the teams are no mugs, certainly Olympiakos and Freiburg, and I'm, I'm not having them as mugs at all. But I look at that and I, I would expect us to top the group. Maybe I'm naive, I would expect us to. But as long as we qualify, that's the main thing. But we've got some good away days to look forward to there for sure. But, um, you know, you talk about... It's a bit naughty in Greece, a bit naughty in Serbia. To be honest with you, Rex, since we've been following West Ham in Europe, other than Denmark and Cyprus, I think he's fucking kicked off everywhere, isn't it? Yeah, it has, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, right down, um, <laughs> that sort of street of, I think, where they target. West Ham because of the reputation. I think it's mm. like a seen as a big, a big achievement if you get West Ham, and I, I, just, I don't know. It's a shame, really, because it's not what I don't think football should be about. And if it is that about that for some people, then fight similar people that want to fight. Don't go and target random people sitting in a pub with their dad. You know, mm. like this is mm. where it gets messy for me. Go and target someone that's like minded. You know, whatever age wants to fight another hooligan, go and meet up and do that. Not target innocent people and um, yeah he's a bit he's a bit naughty I mean away days have been brilliant abroad we've had a great time you know Seville we never got any problem from the Seville fans it was the Frankfurt fans that were also out there wasn't it that caused the problem so yes. but yeah Leon, we had it um, obviously Frankfurt we had it Belgium we had it uh, where else did we go uh, yeah Denmark was fine and um, and Cyprus was fine but yeah it's the yeah, it'll be interesting, but if we keep our wits about us, I'm, I'm hoping we'll be okay. The Greek one, we're literally, you don't know this, but we're literally like, I think it said 500 kilo, uh, metres from the stadium. So hopefully if we leave early and we run quickly, the time that we can get beaten up is minimal. Um, <laughs> and uh, um, Although apparently they started doing this thing in the stadium where they throw like the backs of watches at people and coins and... Stuff like that. So maybe yeah. if we just wear a crash helmet or something, we might be okay. Leave it out. I'll end up making a few, Bob. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And as Serbia, I think we're about a kilometre and a bit from the stadium. So, uh, yeah, I might want to get a cab booked there and back. Um, hopefully that will do us all right as well. Yeah, it's all fun and games, isn't it? I spoke to someone I know that's been to Athens and she said, you have to climb the Acropolis. Um, whatever that is, I don't know. But if you go to Athens, it's one of the yeah, things you I think we need there. to. There's, there's a number of stairs as well. She said it's hard work, but it's worth it. And I said, listen, if I can climb the stairs at St. James's Park, the Acropolis is going to be a piece of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, think, I think that's a great thing. I mean, I've been to Greece numerous times, but I've always been to like Corfu or to yeah, um, yeah. like all the other islands, Zanti, and I can't even remember the names of the other ones now, um, Crete. Um, I've always been to places like that. I've never actually been to Athens. So, be nice to go there and experience what that's got to offer and i've never been to serbia so that's another country to tick off and uh yeah, yeah it's all it's all life experiences isn't it as long as as long as i make it back alive then i'll uh, then i'll be pleased to tell the tale <laughs> Cause you don't want much do you fucking hell <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i see to be honest i'm gonna raise the stakes i wouldn't i don't really want to get beaten up either so as long as i make you it are back, a fussy poodle <laughs> yeah as, as long as i make it back without any form of physical <laughs> Cool, deteriorate, and then, uh, then uh, yeah, I'll be happy. <laughs> oh, it's exciting, though. And, and talking of yeah. excitement, some really exciting news about our book, Highs, Lows and Decanios. Yesterday, we were approached by the club to have the book in the official club store. Now, I'm probably saying this a bit prematurely, but I think I can, X, because it's there in black and white in terms of the confirmation. So as you can imagine, we're very, very proud of that. That was some exciting news, wasn't it, to be able to walk into the club store, potentially, and see our books on the shelves. Yeah, exactly. I can't wait for that. I mean, you know, when you look back at your sort of time when you're a kid and stuff, and you imagine those times when you used to go to that porter cabin in um in, outside the main yeah, stand, and right that little place. one, that little one that was in the sort of corner of the the stand and um uh, Bobby Moore stand, and you think to yourself, oh, I remember looking at that, and it was almost like like magic, wasn't it? When you used to see all the West Ham mm. stuff available, and you'd be like dreamy of all the things you could get from that shop. So now I think that there's going to be a book in there as I say with my name on with my pseudo name on yeah, um, it's, yeah. uh, it's um it's very exciting and yeah I can't wait to see that oh yeah likewise mate likewise okay it's time to see what's what away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.